And there are good fucking parents who give a shit about their kids and are Mm -hmm. still causing unintentional, deep-seated harm. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at Jenny at JennyB.co. Let's get started. So Jonathan, hate I saw, I think it was a YouTube short about how we're kind of raising fragile people, homeschooling, mm-hmm. not homeschooling, schooling over the video not going to school, not learning to deal with people who mess with you on the playground, not getting into a big group of people and learning to get your share, you know, all the isolation is not helping kids, making you a little bit tougher about uh, not feeling bad about bad things that happen to you. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You got to be able to deal with the negative. Resilience is what the thing was about, what the post was about. Resilience and, and, and there's like, there's a way to, to homeschool without, without being cut off from society. Like, and that was an unfortunate, and there's a yeah, way was, to, yeah, yeah. like there's a way to do these things. That's not one extreme or the other. And so I, and I agree with that. The something that I like talking about that post was that I noticed that it was like when people see when people see a side of someone that isn't the pretty part. I think that's the, I think that's it on the nose. The side of somebody that's raw and real and, and like everyone's like, Oh, be yourself on like Mm -hmm. be authentic online. And but there's so many people are incapable of handling the reality of anything other than toxic positivity online and being, being (laughs) like, like a, like I see posts that are, I'm going through a hard time right now, but I'm not going to let it get me down. And I'm always just keep putting one foot in front of the other and this and that and the other. And it's like, yes, That's great. That's a good mindset. Sometimes life is going to knock you the fuck out and you need to be like the world needs to be capable of handling that reality. And when you shame someone or react like judgmentally, like, whoa, like she's airing her dirty laundry or whatever it might be to someone who's sharing like, the awful parts of their life. Yeah. It's like, it's to me, it's kind of like, how dare you? Like how, like when you are at your lowest point and you share it with 
your your partner or your parents or your friends or whatever, and then you sweep it under the rug and go about your life as if nothing happened, that is what makes everybody feel like they are crazy when those things happen to them because nobody fucking talks about it. Yeah. Nobody fucking talks about it. Nobody posts about it. Or when people post about it, they get backlash from the people who follow them or love them or knew them once upon a time Connected in high school yeah. or whatever it might be. And you like, everyone's like social media is so great because you can stay connected and, or you have mm-hmm. a, an mm-hmm. online community. And I like, They're just the, I just get so, it's it's part of what I'm trying to do with relational parenting is teach people how to integrate the dark side of life, Mm -hmm. the hard stuff, the ugly, the the really ugly shit, the The really hard, the really shitty emotions, the, the crying on the bathroom floor or in the closet or, you know, your room of choice, (laughs) your, like the really, uh, my breakdowns used to happen in, in a specific corner of my bedroom and my several houses ago. And then they used to happen in the bathroom and now I have a walk-in closet. So now they happen in the closet. (laughs) Is it, are um, they smaller? What do they have? I don't want to derail you. What do they have in common? Your room choice. Is it smallness or? Uh, I don't know why line, my bedroom. You know, some kind of energy or something. I think the I bathroom wonder. tends to be where people go for privacy anyway. And so if you mm-hmm. live with other people, going to the bathroom is like your option. Like, I know, yeah. like, your bedroom might also be an option. Um, but I think, yeah, a smaller space with unlimited access to tissues and perhaps a toilet to throw up in might (laughs) be what it is. My closet is like, it's like the most secluded part of the room in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also through, you have to go through my bathroom to get to my closet. So yeah, there's, yeah, it I don't feels know. Just, it feels safe or uh, isolated yeah. or yeah. I can it like it's dark. There's no windows or anything. I can just turn the light off, close the door, and just kind of yeah. like yeah. fall apart. Yeah. But yeah. this all this whole conversation, I started recording our pre-chat and our whatever this is gonna be today mm-hmm. because I just wanted to capture whatever we capture and just see where the world takes us because. Okay. But I started recording, just in case we keep this part, I want to explain to people, we started recording this piece of our conversation, and I was talking about a post that I made a few days ago, a couple days ago, that was basically a rant um, about my experience with COVID over the last two weeks, and it being my second round of COVID. Um, I had COVID last May. May of 2022, and then... Uh, right about a year. Almost a year ago, and then just had my second round with it. Both times, it was... Like, I did. I have never been blessed with the cold version of COVID. I have gotten the... We might have to go to the hospital version of COVID. And I have not 
to my knowledge, met anyone else in my close life, my close friends and family who have had that reaction to COVID. Everyone has always been sick for a couple of days and and then gotten over it. Um, whereas mm-hmm. I have been laid up in bed for nine days and like can't feed myself. <laughs> and oh my God. so anyway, so I made that post and it was a post it was, it's the only post I've made in the last two weeks. I haven't posted about the podcast or anything. And I, and it's about the only just, one I've looked at in two weeks. I just look at them once in a while. So I had just been sitting with so much frustration. Yeah. yeah. And feeling like just like negative thoughts really took over. And this happened last time I had COVID too. And most of my posts are the podcast or the business or like my dogs, you know, and uh, pretty soon it's going to start being my seedlings in my garden that we're building this year. But cool. I don't, I'm not typically like a talk about, my problems on the internet kind of person. Um, But I was so sick and got so down and was in this like zombie state and in Mm -hmm. my brain. And it's like one, I had to cancel the first group coaching program that I was putting together. Um, So that was, you know, as, any entrepreneur knows how hard it is to get a business off the ground and get things going and build momentum and get a schedule and like all the things. And I had was really getting momentum and visibility and had put all these really like complicated things in place in order to create a funnel to bring people in and, you know, watch an an informational video on the program, et cetera. And there Mm -hmm. was a lot, I mean, hours and weeks of, of work went into this and I was just starting to sell it and to successfully. And it was supposed to begin April 2nd and all the information that I had created said April 2nd. So it's not like I can just go like, be like, I'm just going to change it. Um, because that would take hours of going in and, and, changing everything I had created. Um, If there was a way to do it easily, I would have. So there wasn't, so I was, I was sick and there was no way to like edit all of the things because I was, I was dead. I was dying in my bed. Um, And so all, all selling stopped, all promoting, all posting, all emails, like everything just stopped it's just like day after day in pain, unable to eat and canceling everything that's, that has business growth potential and every single day getting closer to this date of my first program launch that I can't launch. And so after five days, my mental health starts to tank and it's like literally Lewis went back to work seven days after and like after the required quarantine time and I 
had without him in the house as some kind of distraction or comfort because he was mm-hmm. sick alongside me, my mm-hmm. anxiety, it was just me alone with my anxiety. And it made it very clear how bad it had gotten. And I just, I literally, I literally just like, I want it. And I put this in the post that I wanted to crawl out of my skin. Like I want, I wanted to like get out of my, I wanted to detach from my own body. I was so Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. lost and didn't know what to do with myself. I was too sick to do anything, but I, I'll, like I was just laying there thinking about all the things I wanted to do with my business, all the things that needed to get done, all the meetings I had to reschedule, like how I had lost this group coaching program. Um, and the other piece of the group coaching program is I can't just like bump it out a couple weeks because we're going on our honeymoon in June. So I made it an eight-week mm. program, designed it, designed all the stuff around it. This was the mm-hmm. start date. This was the length. And Mm. I can't just, I can't just bump it. I can't like, you know, or bump it and take a two week intermission. Like people lose interest. People stop showing up. People like people get busy or, you know, whatever. So it's, it's just not that simple. And so losing that program really at like this, like, peak moment where I felt like I was starting to climb over the top of the mountain for once (laughs) as a baby entrepreneur. The first time, the first time. Right. And, (laughs) and just like, it's like, I just free falled back down the mountain and it was just laying at the bottom, unable to move for two weeks. And like physic, like physically, physiologically unable to do anything about it, and that just really, really fucked my head up. And I'm sounds disappointing. It sounds some of what you were saying. It sounds a little bit like uh, someone who was being tortured or something, you know, wanting to get out of your skin. I, you know, I'm, I'm physically uncomfortable. I'm mentally uncomfortable and I can't do anything about it. And, you know, yeah. God, let and me there's out of this situation kind of thing. Or something. And it, it did this to me last, it did this last year too. Um, I was sick for so long and so like incapable of doing anything for myself like barely able to feed my dogs in the morning and in the night, you know, um, like you, like you, I became so frail and vulnerable and it wasn't just like a day or something. It was like, And you don't know when it's going to end. And you pay, you know, last time we finally called an IV service Mm -hmm. to come get me an IV to help me hydrate and get a bunch of vitamins and recover. And like, I'm, I'm someone who I take 
regular immune supporting vitamins and minerals. And I take, like I take supplements on a daily basis and I take, like I'm a, I'm a generally very healthy person. Yeah. I'm very in All tune yeah, yeah, with my body and, and so we were doing everything. My husband is an ICU nurse. Like we were doing everything we could do at home to get better and pain management, you know, and I don't like taking pills, but it was like non-negotiable, like it was non-negotiable. And, um, like I ended up taking a Xanax once to just, and I hate, like, I don't, I don't take pills like that mm-hmm. and like I just needed to sleep. And yeah. so anyway, to feel, to feel beaten down, to feel incapable of taking care of myself after being at such a high place of like, I'm finally launching this program that I've been dreaming of and trying to put together for several years and then doing all the work to set it up and run the funnels and all like just scraping and scrapping thing, you know, knowledge together to, to do it and having people like reaching out to me interested and like, like all of that felt so amazing and good. And, and then it just crashed and fucking burned and I posted that post on on the internet where it's mostly just friends and family on my Instagram and Facebook. I'm not, you know, it's not like I have a bunch of followers or anything yet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the responses, you know, were thoughts and prayers and hugs and sending you love and, and all those things. But there, there are several comments and messages I got that were like, oh hope you get better soon or better is on the way. And, and I get like, there's, I don't know. I don't believe that there's any ill will behind positive comments like that, but it made me, it reminded me of a part of like what I'm doing with my business and that, there's there is even in adulthood with people who care about you there's this reaction to negativity there's this reaction to negative emotion to mm-hmm. to real raw authenticity where my anger my anger my anxiety my frustration with this this uncontrollable situation like i i've done fucking mindset work for 10 fucking years i know I know you have to let go. I know you have to surrender. I know that there are better days ahead. I know that this too shall pass. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I will make another post someday about the light, you know, sunlight shining and everything being fucking peachy and the birds are singing. But that day yeah. I, I had been sitting for two weeks imprisoned in my own mind. Yeah. And I just had to get it out. And I just yeah. had to put it out there. 
And this is what we do to our, this is what we do to our kids. This is what we do to our family members. This is what we do to our partners. Like we are so judgmental and unaccepting of the experience of negative emotion. And there's this, this toxic positivity everywhere. I see it everywhere. I see it in my own life. I see it everywhere out in the world. I see it in parenting. I see it. I've done it. I'm guilty of it. And because negative emotion disrupts it, it disrupts and requires something of us. It requires a response. And if you are bopping about your day and run mm-hmm. across a post that you weren't expecting to read or you're cooking dinner and all of a sudden your children are fighting in the other room mm-hmm. or you had are having a fantastic day and your partner comes home from work and had a shitty fucking day and takes an attitude with you or mm-hmm. tells you, starts to tell you about their day and how shitty it was, it's disruptive. It's mm-hmm. disruptive. It's burdensome it's annoying negative stuff in ourselves too triggers negativity in you your negative story reminds me of my negative story and yeah i was having such a great day like why are you crashing my great day Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. between adults there is this concept of asking for consent before you don't just like unload on your partner with that like Like dumping, we call it dumping. I need like, to vent. You mean you mind? Yeah, dumping. right. Like I don't call a friend and I'm just like, Mah. like I call a friend <laughs> and be like, hey, like I'm really struggling. Do you have the uh, capacity for me to like vent about something right now? And yeah. you know, and there's, but when it's children, they aren't capable of that, especially small children. They're not, and yeah. that's that's not their job. You are a parent. Yeah. They're not to be vented on. And until they are old enough to fit, you know, and you can teach them these skills even from the time that they're very young about how to manage their emotions and help them regulate those emotions, et cetera, so that they don't grow up dumping on everyone around them. But like we, there, we have, we have lost just as, as a human race, there's this malfunction in society, and maybe it's not in all societies. I've heard rumors of tribes and shit somewhere that into fully integrate the entire human experience and accept negative emotions and whatnot. Mm. But this ex- this this acceptance of the full human experience, and instead of the denial of the negative emotion, the denial mm-hmm. of our darkness, like everyone has darkness and light in them and minds like mindset work, self-healing work, all of those principles teach you that you can't shame and guilt those things away. You can't just ignore them. You can't just think over them positive thoughts and then you're going to be okay. Like that's not Mm -hmm. how it works until those things are acknowledged Mm -hmm. and appreciated and integrated for, because they bring you messages. They bring you 
there is a purpose. They're either there to protect you. They're there to change course. They're there to make you slow down and pause. Like a lot of people will say like a heart attack is a fucking sign to slow the fuck down, Mm -hmm. change course, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's, it's just, that's just, I feel like I was boiling over or something before I hopped on here with you and, there's just a lot of my conclusion that I've come to as far as the last two weeks with COVID and the, the disruption that mm-hmm. it brought for me and my life and my business and all of the things is that there, there was some pivot needed of some kind I don't still not sure what it is I've got a whole bunch of notes and stuff to talk about today to 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 see and figure out and and ideas that have been coming up for me etc but there was I think it was appropriate that that post came up while we were talking first because there was I could feel the energy just like I all of a sudden got very anxious talking to you and like, I don't get anxious talking to my dad. <laughs> what, what what was my response? I forget what I, I mean, I'm sure I did something mindless offhand about, you know, hope you feel better. Um, I don't think you commented on the actual post. Did I just send a, I think you texted us and, and said, you sent us some YouTube stuff that I haven't looked at. One of them might be that Jonathan Haidt thing, if that's how you say his name. You know, it's what would you, what per, I, lot, I just have a lot of questions. I don't want to problem solve. Facebook started off as like you described, you know, friends and family and keep in touch and how's everybody doing and who's having a good day and a bad day. And it's different now. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a Since toxic pandemic. Um, yeah, and the pandemic twisted the whole society a little bit with all the isolation. Um, boy, what would you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where that goes. What would your if you got mostly positive responses or? What responses that resonated positively with you? Um, 80 or 90 percent, that's uh, that's probably pretty good compared to what it could have been if you had, you know, if you were um, Taylor Swift or something and did have a billion followers. Um, Imagine everybody I'm hearing now that that gets in that position says they don't they do not read their comments, you know, because there's just that fraction of the world that is just unkind, you know. And that's probably a bell curve too, where there's people who do it inadvertently, and there are people who are trying to screw with you, you know, because they're having a bad day. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not. I don't have enough people for there to be people trying to screw with me Mm -hmm. my 
my spotlight is the people who think they're being helpful, but they're actually just minimizing being judgmental and dismissing my experience when all I need is for people to be like, we're here for you. I love you. I'm so sorry you're going through that. And that's what we do to our children is when our children are upset because it's something we don't think is a big deal because we've experienced 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years of life, Mm -hmm. but they're two or three or four or 10. And this might be the worst thing that's ever happened to them. That's the worst day they ever had. Right. (laughs) Your worst, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Period. That's a great, nobody else gets to judge how someone else feels. We are not in control of how something makes us feel until we have a fully developed frontal cortex and the skills built to stop running random ass stories in our head. And, and it's still like, there are still situations that I will suddenly a feeling will be triggered. Yep. Like you, you will never stop the the ability for the world to trigger you the thing you will stop is your outward reaction to yeah. that trigger and so feelings are not under your control initially like you will things will you will have feelings about things in the world for the rest of your life and to yeah. expect our children to to shame or guilt or toxic positivity paint over our children's pain is only serving to make them continue to feel that pain alone and silenced and shamed about it. You're not fixing anything. You're not helping anyone by doing any of those things. And, and people, well-meaning people are doing it all the time. Yeah. So there are good, good people. There are good, good humans. There are good-hearted, well-intentioned people everywhere. And there are yep. good fucking parents who give a shit about their kids and are mm-hmm. still causing unintentional, deep-seated harm. Falling back on things they were modeled, things, you know, right. old old habits it's nobody's nobody's you could you you could do it with nothing but good intent but they're we recognize them now as bad cognitive habits or or whatever lack of emotional intelligence and there you go you know we were I was not raised in a home with emotional intelligence. Like, Mm -mm. sorry, Mm -mm. (laughs) but I wasn't. Um, And a lot of people weren't. And so you step into parenting. The only tools you have are the ones you were given in your childhood. Unless you have done some work in adulthood, unless you have attend, you know, met teachers, coaches or whatever, who have, have taught you more about emotional intelligence or how to like, you know, or you've, you've gone to therapy or whatever, like whatever, there's multiple avenues. Yeah. Yeah. And, and studied it in some way, not necessarily college, but yeah. And actually, and actually done it right. Not just read a book about it and then moved on with your life. Yeah. Yeah. And 
because actually doing it, not having emotional reactions to everything is really fucking hard. So, well, that's, so your, that's just, your lizard brain. The way I, the way I frame that, you know, I did a little bit of, uh, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. after my brother died, and so the thought, That's the a good feelings one. and thoughts you have are your lizard brain, basically. Your feelings, like you were talking about a minute ago, your your the feelings are going to happen. You know what CBT, at least the kind you know the David Beck, I think you know the the, the flavor I went through was teaching yourself. It's kind of like critical thinking where you teach yourself to go, ooh, there's a feeling. Is that appropriate to these situ- to this situation? And it's that, you know, it's that witness. It's that, becoming, it's that yeah, becoming the witness that goes, yeah, you need to relax about that. They're not really all planning to hurt you. You know, the, the obsession and the, and, and persecution and stuff that's a behind the witness or the, the wise mind. <clears throat> they yeah. separated into wise mind and lizard lizard brain survival brain okay. <laughs> survival brain lizard brain which is based on fear and then yeah, wise exactly. mind which is like your higher self who operates out of love there and faith go. there you go good intentions you know maybe bad training maybe not you don't know what to do good but you're trying to do good you know, doing more harm than good when you stop and try to put a tourniquet on somebody or something. You know, it's like, yep, that's not quite the right tool there. But you were trying. It's good that you, you, know, you had the right idea, right uh, emotion. I think you've got just all kinds of stuff to unpack in detail, you know, just with a notebook in front of you. What was it? piecing things apart and figuring out how that works and adding that to the coaching repertoire. Well, I mean, there's a reason, there's a reason I'm doing what I'm doing. My passion, oh, what's the quote? I can't remember the quote and I can't remember where I heard it either. Um, but ultimately we become we we become a lot of people become the person they wish they had when they were a kid wish we had like to look up to mhm hmm so people and I and I and I don't yeah. I don't agree that everyone does that. I think a lot of people just repeat the same cycle. They never become conscious of of the uh, dysfunctional um, habits in their family. People who grow. There are people who but grow. people who become conscious uh, who who really think critically about their life decide and, mm-hmm. and think mindfully about who they want to be, what kind of person they want to be, how they want to contribute to the world, become mm-hmm. aware of the toxic habits and patterns that have been given to them and go, then yeah. go on a quest to break and replace those patterns and seek growth and heal. And in order to do that, in mm-hmm. order to grow through those things, you have to heal those wounds to some mm-hmm. degree from your own childhood and your own past and you have to integrate them into who you are and that they taught you things and that, but that you're now going to move on and be Mm -hmm. a different person. And, um, 
And the people who do that, the people who recognize that and choose growth and choose to break the cycle, you ultimately become the things that you're breaking and healing from are what you experienced, Mm -hmm. right? You don't Mm -hmm. know what anyone else's experience is. So you're not healing anyone else, any other wounds that you're imagining. You are healing yours. And so your work then, a lot of those types of people um, end up doing the work that serves to heal other people who experience those same things. And so in sharing it, yeah. it's no hidden secret that I am out here trying to help other people not repeat the cycles that I witnessed in my family growing up mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to not have to, to help other children not have to, to go through the things that I went through when I was a kid um, as I was growing up and to make the world a better place for the people who are raising children now and not just parent to child, but parent to parent as well. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a home that where there, there was not a healthy marriage. There was not a healthy mm-hmm. relationship to look up to. And so I learned, mm-hmm. I grew up learning what not to do, but inevitably ended up That's right you know, in multiple adult relationships that reflected yours and mom's marriage until I yeah. figured it out, you know? Yeah, I felt and, the same way a lot of times. I'm learning a lot of what not to do's. Yeah. And so my mission, my passion, my work, that my what I feel my contribution to this world is, is teaching other people now that I've done over a decade of therapy and self-work and I've done all like the programs and the coaching and, and all of the things. And I'm, you know, continuing, like there's no stopping that for me. I will continue on that path for myself for healing. Um, like there's still conversations I have with you. There's still conversations I have with mom where we're healing that relationship ongoing, um, and continuing to dive deeper and be better. And, you know, my husband and I are doing that, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I am now at a place where I know how to teach other people how to do it. And I feel this absolutely uncontrollable pull every single day of my life to get out of bed and teach this stuff to other people, to teach healthy relationship skills, to teach healthy parent-child relationship skills, how to respond to someone in distress, no matter Mm -hmm. how old they are, how Mm -hmm. to, like, in a way that won't cause harm. Like, Mm -hmm. we, trauma is emotional. It can be physical, but trauma, like, the deep-seated, long-term, lifelong trauma Mm -hmm. we carry is from our emotions that then embed themselves, like then they then manifest themselves physically into our world, into your body, how you carry yourself, how you act, how you socialize. It's in your lizard brain and And your ability of your wise, wise person, your, of your witness, you know, from a cognitive behavioral therapy thing that it's like your 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 rational mind has a limited ability you're limiting your rational mind's ability to deal with your lizard brain somehow if 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 emotions come from the lizard brain Hmm. well so you're and you are when your lizard brain so trauma 
PTSD or a PTSD response is the reliving Hmm. of the experience that traumatized you as if it is happening now. Stuff, yeah. So so that PTSD trigger, that trauma, it, it is a memory that lives inside of you and anytime something triggers that feeling in your brain, you relive that trauma over again. And so your lizard brain, which is where fear is held, um, some people call it your shadow self. Your shadow mm-hmm. self comes in when the, when something in your external environment tr- like causes that trigger or that feeling, it comes in to protect you. And that's where all these maladaptive mm-hmm. behaviors come from, um, where you like you shut down or you dissociate or you get big and loud and yell and scream, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. to defend yourself, to literally protect yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. you shut down and run away to protect yourself. You dissociate from yourself, your feelings, your thoughts, you dissociate and disconnect from reality. And like, that is a trauma response. That is a, Mm -hmm. it's a fear response. It's a protective mechanism of your body. Um, and so people who are, if you have a wildly abusive childhood or traumatic childhood, like you are, you grow up into an adult who it's going to take a lot of wise mind work for you Mm -hmm. to overcome that trauma response and be able to, um, have your wise mind take the driver's seat before your lizard brain does. Yep. Yep. And that's where like CBT and DBT and all, there's lots of different kinds of therapies for that and, and trauma informed therapies. But there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people walking around who had emotionally traumatic childhoods with lack of that were not, they were not beaten. They were not sexually abused. They were not made fun of or something Mm -hmm. by their, or bullied by their parents. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they say, Oh, my childhood was normal. And then I ask a few questions and dig deeper. And it's like, Oh, well your parents dismissed you every time you had big feelings. Your parents ignored you. If you threw tantrums and had big, big emotional reactions, you got, punished or you were shamed for having big emotions. Like every time some, every time you had emotions, the response to you was negative and it was get away from me, go handle yourself. I can't handle your big emotions, etc. And, um, even with like small things, like if you, if you argued with your parents, how dare you talk back or disrespect me. Yeah. No, I'm a fucking human being with fucking thoughts and I get to talk about it. Like if I can't talk about it with you, if I can't practice arguing with you and like, I have a point to make, you're not just cause you're older. doesn't mean you're always right about everything. Like <laughs> if your parents never took into account your point of view, mm-hmm. like that, that is, um, that is emotionally damaging. And yeah. Like we've talked about transferable skills so many times on the podcast, like 
you are you are depriving your child of a a life skill by not letting them fucking argue with you. Yes, teach them how to respectfully argue their point and negotiate. Yes, teach them that skill. Be patient about it. They're they're tiny. They don't fucking know. Learning. Yeah. But like you depriving your child of every sense of expression of who they are through like like not accepting that they have big emotions as part of humanity. And it's mm-hmm. because like if you're parenting that way, you were parented that way. Yeah. Like because you like you believe, you were raised to believe that if you show your negative emotions that you're somehow less worthy of a person that you are somehow yeah. a burden on the people around you, that you are somehow not doing life right. You mm-hmm. need to go in the closet and cry by yourself and then pick yourself up and pretend like everything's okay. Yeah. That's what we're teaching our children. And there are so many people walking around just that are just like, I had a normal childhood. I wasn't beaten. I wasn't abused. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you know, felt shut down and like I had to just go in my room and handle myself most of the time, but that's just normal. Like there are tons of people walking around that are good people with good intentions and who don't even know that they're carrying emotional trauma and passing it down to their kids. Yeah, that's very true. And there's all kinds of perspectives to look at that from. If you, the kinds of trauma you're talking about, I agree with everything you're saying. There are people, though, depending upon their circumstances. If I'm in battle, that's not a great, that's not a huge concern. And so someone starts to become less useful in the environment we're in, I'm in, to me. Right. There's the people perceiving all of that, too. If they're already overloaded, if they were taught how to deal with, you know, get this in line, man, we're going to drown if we don't get this raft lashed together. Put that aside for now and, you know, dismiss it. Shut up. Get on board here and we'll all have a breakdown once we're afloat in the stream. If somebody's feeling something else something intense, some kind of threat, some kind of fear, then someone else, when you, when, when, when someone has a, a, uh, exhibits negative emotions, then not everybody's in a position to hear that, right? So there's going to be people who are good. Ideally, a parent-child relationship is mostly, the parent is mostly together. We talked about, uh, 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 guy the word escapes me now i'm getting old um are you meaning for the life or death yeah but are you meaning for the life and death raft example to be literal because that's like yeah a one in a million situation and of course we're not going to stop and have an emotional conversation no i'm just saying that's one end of a bell curve try to draw a bell curve on the camera here right it's one end of the bell curve and so there's all there's a continuum of people experiencing it and people people experiencing the upset and people with their own upset experiencing each other. It's the space in between, yeah. I guess, right? 
And so it's all, there's all possible combinations of those two bell curves, those two waves hitting each other. And so your, uh, the experience you get, the response you get from other people is going to be infinite depending upon your circumstances. You know, it's great. We are so lucky to be able to sit around and discuss this and pick it apart like this. There are people who are in the middle of abusive relationships, in the middle of horrible poverty and, you know, racism and all kinds of stuff. And that I think that's why Daniel Goleman with the emotional intelligence thing wanted to teach this in school. You know, school is you mm-hmm. know, more or less compulsory. And boy, if you're going to get this out there, um, you want to teach or, or Gichin Funakoshi teaching karate in the Japanese schools, you know, get to the kids. You can't depend on the parents because the parents are all over the place, right? The kids are all over the place. And, uh, you could do uh, what you're trying to do is of so much value, you know, um, man, it's a complex, you know, you're really leaning into a maelstrom, you know, where you can almost do no harm teaching anybody a little bit of emotional intelligence, especially parents with kids, you know, if you teach a parent a little bit about something and that multiplies itself for 18 or 35 years with a kid that's changing the world, you know, a little bit at a well, time. That's the premise here is that I, I could go, my business model could be to go figure out how to teach directly to children. Um, Either way. But, yeah. but all of the research shows that children mimic their parents. Yep. The best teachers. It is are what it parents. is. Yeah. Their so you can are, put a kid. Right. You can put a kid in school. You can you can teach them all the things you want to teach them at school. But at the end of the day, that child goes home to their parents. That and child sleeps through the night, needs their parents, wakes up in the morning. It's their parents. Their parents are the ones feeding them, I bathing agree. them and all I of that. Agree. And so the most for me, the decision to be a parent coach is that the. If you don't help the parents change the children have much lower chances of changing and so and i also care like i don't just care about children i care about people who are who are adults who didn't have parents who knew any of this stuff either and are still trying to heal or figure out what the hell to do or how to be a better parent for their kids and break those cycles and all of those things Mm -hmm. and, and find their own healing. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's ultimately the goal is I want to help parents heal themselves, learn these skills and then apply them to the parent child relationship so that they are not raising the next generation to just repeat the same pain that we're all walking around with. Yeah. All good points. Yep. The the and that's probably why you don't see it being taught in schools like that because because of exactly that. Somebody else realized that too or probably, you know, probably there have been pilots done of it by this point. I think and there's a lot like, of schools that are there there's been a lot of like mindfulness like in incorporate like yogic. Yeah philosophies of of and meta like like meditation instead of 
detention. Um, mm-hmm. I think there there are pockets of school districts mm-hmm. in the U.S. that I know of or have heard of or read articles of over the last five, seven years. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, Mom, the episode I did with Mom and talking mm-hmm. about her trauma-informed you know, care and trainings that she's doing in the schools. Mm -hmm. But I think like, like it's happening, but it's, it's what we learned from the education series is that it's happening very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Institutionalizing Um, things is an achingly slow process. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a whole cultural shift. And so there are people that are trying to get the school systems, you know, to systematically change things in that way. And I think that will definitely, like, that is definitely needed and it is definitely a benefit. And if kids are at home with parents who are regulated and emotionally intelligent and teaching them how to navigate the world in an emotionally intelligent way um, so that we aren't all walking around with anxiety and depression forever, and then they go to school and their teachers respond to them in an emotionally intelligent way. And, and they deal, you know, and, and, and then the kids are also like, you know what else kind of stops or at least kind of gets better when all the kids at home are learning emotional intelligence is they all come to school and they're not all walking around traumatized and abused. And that gets rid of bullies. <laughs> That's right. It's like having a good breakfast. <laughs> like it facilitates the if, education process. <laughs> like, and there's people who are like, like you said at the beginning that were, that were, uh, I forget what author you said that was, but that were raising a gener, like we're raising generations I, of soft humans. And yeah. I, I think that the solution. pendulum was one way. I think the pendulum has swung back the other way. And I think there's this middle ground where we have relational and emotional intelligence so that we can navigate the world, navigate each other, not without Mm -hmm. all getting all hyped up and I'm going to fight. We're Mm -hmm. all going to fight. And, and you can take a karate class. You can go like, there are hundreds of ways to make yourself tough. And actually emotional intelligence is what breeds resilience for you to get knocked down and stand back up again, by the way, emotional intelligence breeds resilience, breeds confidence and makes you you tougher so that you don't just fucking fall apart because no one ever taught Mm -hmm. you what to do with all this shit that's happening inside of you. And you, there are other ways to physically toughen up your kids to get them to have experiences in life that don't need to be traumatic. You don't. Or mentally toughen them up. Yeah. Well, and, and like, that's what I'm saying is that like people think you have to go out and have bad experiences in order to overcome those and become resilient. And that's not true. Yeah. You have to learn how to deal with negative emotions in the home with someone that you trust and Mm -hmm. you through the like emotional intelligence includes all those mindset things, how to think about things, Mm -hmm. how to overcome things, how to to think through, how how to stand up after you fall and the confidence of being able to do that at home and fall down and stand back up. And someone's just going to love you through that allows you to be capable of stepping out into the world, having negative experiences or having things not go your way or having, Mm -hmm. you know, losing, failing, whatever it might be like, And 
going, fuck, that really sucked. But I learned mm-hmm. something from it. I'm going to stand mm-hmm. up and try again. Mm-hmm. That comes from emotional intelligence at home. Mm-hmm. Like that comes from having an adult in your life that you can trust and rely on and who is not going to reject you or kick you to the curb when you have a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And teaching you and walking you through emotional regulation so that you can mm-hmm. go out into the world and emotionally regulate yourself when sh- bad shit happens. Yeah. Learning how that works and internalizing it like that also allows you when your interactions with other people to recognize people that, you know, we talked before about people who grow and people who, who haven't yet. And, and to be able to recognize people who are on that track and people who aren't, you know, and, and when you run into it, it helps you choose the people in your life or uh, modify the way you react to people and, and or respond to people and, and treat them. And it's, you know, at some point, sometimes if people just aren't there, then you, you, it teaches you when to walk away. You know yes. how to how to say yeah this is okay that's that's great but this is a counterproductive this is not going where it needs to go for me so see ya and and helps and helps keep you keeps there keeps the keeps the whole system regulated and let and lets unregulated people go off and be unregulated you don't get tied up in trying to fix or be right or whatever with unregulated people. Just, it's very, yeah, it just makes the whole world run smoother. And it it teaches you how to know yourself, to know what you need. And if you're seeking partnership or friendship or marriage or whatever, like you just said, it teaches you to know when it's time to walk away. Like when it's time to put in work and when it's time to surrender cut loose cut losses and move on like Mm -hmm. we're not compatible um and to walk through that those emotions of a breakup without falling apart Mm -hmm. or to walk into a relationship without having to become something else in order for to make the relationship work yeah yeah i was really good at that i was really good at becoming whatever i needed to be to make make us compatible. You were well taught. (laughs) (laughs) Like I became, I became a chameleon. Yeah. Talk about a lizard. Like I became a chameleon to whoever I was dating until I got so sad and depressed inside the relationship and wasn't getting anything that I needed. Yeah. And, And then, and it was like, well, there goes three years of my life. Is, I have to go no now. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and that's where things like loyalty, you know, some things, some positive traits start to work against you there. You know, that being a, you get to working so yeah. hard at being a chameleon. And it's like, well, that and a, and a pile of loyalty will waste a lot of time in your life. Well, black, so the, you know? the, so black and white <laughs> thinking, black and white thinking is a huge yeah. fucking problem. In the world, we like that's why I'm always talking about a spectrum. There's you're yep. always calling it a bell curve. I'm always calling it a spectrum. Like I gray. believe, yes, Shades like like life is is gray. Yeah. Life is is gray. Oh, there's no absolute philosophical argument. Here, yeah, there's no absolutes here, and there's very little. Like my only absolute in life is ahimsa. 
It's a yogic term. Ahimsa, Ahimsa. I'm gonna write is that one down. do no harm. Oh, okay. So that's like the caduceus, like, uh, what is that? The Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. Do no harm. Ahimsa is is the only black and white rule that I live by. And that is that no matter, like, I... All beings are free to be themselves, express themselves, be who they are, including myself, live their life the way that they want to, as long as you are causing no harm. Mm -hmm. And causing harm is things like murder, um, like intentionally hurting someone's feelings, doing something you know they don't like, shit like that. Manipulative, conscious harm, right? Yeah. Evil. (laughs) I call that evil. It's a little yeah. evil, but it's evil. You know, it's a time going the wrong direction. So black, so black and white thinking spectrum. There is a gray area to everything, and like you said, loyalty. If if you are too loyal, it can bite you in the ass. My like mm-hmm. they say in like mm-hmm. diet culture, like too much of anything is bad. That's right. That's right. So if you, so, so part of this, part of emotional intelligence and parenting a child to grow up into a critical thinker who can emotionally regulate themselves and respond to the world instead of react to the world, who can navigate any situation they're put in because they were given those skills in childhood, part of that ability comes from, um, Oh God, I just lost my train of thought comes from the mindset of living in the gray because every situation requires, there's no, there's no one situation that is always going to be the same, no matter how many times you run into it. And so saying that I'm a loyal person. So once I'm friends with somebody, I'm friends with them forever. Yeah. That's toxic. Yeah. Because then yep. that person can do whatever the fuck they want to you, That's and right. you will just have what to if endure they it. A bomb. What if they dropped a nuclear bomb on somebody for no reason? Are you still their friend? Right. Well, <laughs> what I'm if loyal. they turn into Hitler? You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. And there, absolutely. Like, like there is absolutely in 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 marriage or long term partnership, there is absolutely like work that must be done between you yeah. to build and maintain a re- a long-term relationship. It takes fucking work. And there is, there is loyalty, there is dedication, there is um, grit, there is resilience. There, like, there are all of these wonderful pieces and characteristics that you must develop in order to have a successful yeah. long-term partnership. Yeah. There is also a point where if that person is not reciprocating or that person is intentionally doing shit to hurt you or Mm -hmm. like there, I mean a hundred different examples that I could give, but there is a point in a relationship where someone is not doing, not pulling their load and like you have to decide when it's actually healthier for you, for them, for kids, for whoever, to actually cut your losses and move on. Yeah, yeah. To or, or give each other the chance. They get tired of playing with you, you know, cat like I'm with a cat and a mouse kind of thing. 
in which case it's not your decision. You know, it's not, you're not making any decision at all. I would never coach someone to do that. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Absolutely. To... I, that was a negative. That was a negative example. The, the oh. over loyalty to the point which, you, you know, to, uh, tying into what you were saying is sometimes people don't make that decision to walk away. And that's yeah. not necessarily a good decision. Because there's, I also believe like marriage we have different relationships that serve different purposes in our life. And I, and that I, I think that comes to romantic relationships as well. Like you mm -hmm. meet someone and maybe you're compatible in that moment or compatible in that year. Mm -hmm. um, but then your life, Timing. your lives are meant to go in different directions or you've mm -hmm. learned all that you were meant to learn from one another um, or whatever. Like learn. when people break up and say yep. like the relationship has run its course. Yep. That like it's an amicable amicable breakup. No one is leaving and like I will never talk to him again. Like they are a piece of shit. Like no one's doing that. It's just yeah. we are going our separate ways. Our lives are meant to be separate, and we have like the relationship has run its course. Like I believe in that. I don't believe blindly that yeah. marriage is always forever. Um, and I, I have to think that one through. And I, I also believe there are lots of taught, like there are abusive marriages. There are like, there are marriage is the only decision choice in our lives in society where we are expected to never change our minds or evolve or move on. So, or, so like there's think no... of it this way. There's, I mean, you're at a moment, you're always at a moment in time, right? You're standing in a stream and life is moving by, including people. And the trick with marriage, I think marriage is forever. That's why there's a vow, because there's stuff that you have to deal with that if it weren't for the marriage, if it weren't for the permanence of the thing, you wouldn't stick it around. You wouldn't stick around for it. The trick is to don't get married. You know, people who get married really young, uh, it's, it's a miracle, you know, that they, people getting married in their teens and 20s, getting, uh, that it's just a miracle because you do change so much after that. And the trick is don't say I do until you have until your personality has stabilized to a point where you can say well you know i have achieved 90 you know at, at whatever age people have generally achieved a certain percentage of their stature you know and i can say i'm i'm pretty sure i'm not going to change in my basics that much between now and the day i die i'll learn stuff and whatnot but my, my figured out my motivations and, and jobs will change and superficial stuff will change. But my internal workings are probably not going to change that much. And to be able to recognize someone else that that is true of and say, okay, what you now you can kind of say what you see is what you get and you can make an informed decision. Yeah. And wouldn't it be and great if everybody waited until that moment? And you, and you shouldn't get married or otherwise you're in a situation where 
they were 100,000 years ago where you get married and you just suck it up and everybody behaves mostly very much so that nobody wants to leave. You know, there's right. there's institutions involved in keeping but, that. If you so mar- but marriage is, mar- so what I'm saying though is that marriage is this black and white thing for a lot of people. Like if you get married, that's it. You're done. Yeah. And I'm, what ideal. I'm saying is that's bullshit. I, know, I think I, know. I, the person I am married to, like we're, we're in it for life. Like our commitment was made with the intention of like, we've waited, we've, we've been in the, you know, we've figured out who we are. We figure out what we mm-hmm. want and mm-hmm. we're, our personalities are developed. Like we are, this exactly. is it. Right. And I hope to God that that is true and that the Mm -hmm. next 40, 50, 60 years, we are successful at that. Yeah. Everything in our lives is aimed at that goal. Yeah. I don't believe that every person gets married because you don't know what you don't know about yourself. Right. There are people that I dated in my past that had they proposed, I might have married them Mm -hmm. and it would have ended in divorce. Mm -hmm. And so how do you figure that out? So the the argument that I'm making here is that life is gray. Mm. Life is not black and white. And I was just using marriage as an example of this one, this human stipulation of of being black and white. And it's literally the only thing on earth because even, even having a kid, you can give up for adoption Somehow having a child is not as much of a commitment to mm. people as marriage is. And I get and mm. I'm not ta- I am not talking about situations of abuse and sexual trauma and rape and things mm-hmm. like that where a baby is is not intentionally conceived, etc. I'm just making a point and a distinction in human uh, the way that humanity has set itself up is that mm-hmm. marriage somehow has become this black and white notion. This com- like, like you can, we make commitments all the fucking time. Every Designed single one of us permanent. makes choices yeah. and commitments that we break all the fucking time because we yeah. don't exist in a vacuum. We exist moment to moment and mm-hmm. we don't know how we're going to feel or how we're going to be, Um, and I don't mean like emotionally feel, I mean, physically, we don't know what we're going to be capable of in any given moment. None of us knows the future. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. this idea that you can put parameters around marriage that will somehow make 100% of them successful. And so then marriage has to be this black or white concept. It's like, I'm just saying there's there's nowhere else in humanity do we expect people to make a choice that's going to last for almost 100 years of their lives. The rest of their life. There's a, it's ridiculous. There's a, well, you get yeah, the mafia. You get to be like a, a made person. That's an undoable thing. There's an idea of an undoable commitment that... I think has value, but back to I agree. I've never said none of this argument is about the value. I'm married. I know the value of marriage and permanence. (laughs) Like I'm not 
saying anything against marriage. I'm not saying yeah. that the goal shouldn't be. I'm saying it is a ridiculous thought. It is a ridiculous expectation to expect 100% of marriages to last forever, to expect every person who walks into the choice agreed, of marriage to yeah. last forever no matter what. Back even if you're being greatness. beaten, even if you're being beaten every fucking night, <laughs> yeah. you stay married. I'm saying yeah. that there are people who fucking believe that shit. Yeah. No, there's always a, there's always a, I agree. There's always a fringe. That's black and white thinking is one of, is one of my red flags, you know, because that, that right. tends to not promote growth, uh, not recognizing the grayness of the universe. Um and yeah, nothing, and also in the same thought, nothing is a hundred percent. People die, right. you know, and and so you can't, you can't. Nothing's ever a hundred percent either. So there's no infinity. Um, okay, okay, but as an ideal, there are. I mean, because in a marriage, things happen. That's why you get married, is because whatever happens, you want to have a partner in crime. You know. Yeah. And so you want to be, you want those to be pretty stable. But I agree. Okay, that's not yet. Yeah, absolutely not one hundred percent. You know, the 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 world won't allow anything to be a hundred percent. There's always stuff that happens. Right. So interesting. I love these talks. I know, and I we hit record almost the moment we started. We hopped on here and started talking, and I. I've been wanting to, one of the pivots that I've made or that I'm making is, is setting up these episodes a little bit differently. I walked in, okay. I walked into the podcast with a vision mm-hmm. and things became a little like, almost a little more structured than I originally wanted them to, but then it kind of, okay. I don't know if it just got away from me or whatever, well, but we're evolving. a little too, like a little too structured, a little too not scripted, but like for the topical topical episodes with you and with you and I, obviously the education episode has been guests speakers, right. um, but the topics for you and I, I would make, you know, we would have our little outline and I just, I would make sure that like, I wanted to make sure I was teaching parents valuable things and hitting points. And it made me, it made me very feel very like presentation. Like, like I Mm -hmm. felt like I needed to be, a certain way. Well, there's an agenda, right? You're, you're For, teaching yeah. relational parenting, Bane. and so that Bane. constricts things a little bit. Bane, come here. Come say hello to everybody. Come here. Woof. Come Ruff, say hi. Ruff. So um, we need some headphones for oh, Bane. You're such a good boy. You're such a good boy. Um, can you lay down? Um. So bringing things bringing things back to being a little more just natural like today like we've just we've just been fucking talking. I just mm-hmm. I hit record in the middle of one of your sentences mm-hmm. and 
And it's allowed me to just be, talk the way that I talk without being like, I don't know, some kind of like. Well, you were selling something. I mean, that you know, basically you have an agenda and. Well, not selling. Like I wanted to provide, wanted to provide value. I wanted to make sure Mm -hmm. I was giving people something worth listening to. And, but I think these, these natural conversations and discussions and, and arguments and whatever Mm -hmm. comes up more naturally in a, in a less structured way is going to be more interesting and, and people are going to learn more from it anyway. Um, but I'm also, you know, people with our relationship that came out of crazy relationships that, you know, that's certainly a niche that there's plenty of people might be interested to listen to. Yeah. And I still, and I, and we're still going to do a general topic. So like we came in, I really just came in and was updating you because you brought up my post on Facebook. were asking me how I was doing and, and stuff since COVID and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of launched into something that happened to be related to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I also, like, I was sitting in my kitchen counter just brain dumping um, cool. on different sheets of paper. And I emailed this to myself, and I, you emailed me stuff. Um, we got a ton of stuff. I've got notes from. Of what to talk about. The, yeah, we got all kinds of stuff today. to talk about. And I was just like, I I don't fucking know. I'm going to get on there and we're just going to start talking and see what comes out. But I think that I've been, I've been, I think there's been a lot of value in this conversation already. And we're, of course, well past an hour. But I think that part oh, of we? what I that want. That really went fast. <laughs> I know. Part of what I really want to start doing on here is I want to do less intro and outro stuff and just do more like updating people inside of the episode because it's just more interesting that way. There you go. Like for me, that when I listen right. yeah, to a podcast and I have to constantly listen to the exact same intro and outro, like I just want to skip yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, skip, 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 I've skip, found skip. myself doing that on YouTube now um, too. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Get to the so, meat. I think that so that's one of the pivots. Okay, so we're gonna go back to like COVID knocked me out for two weeks. I got depressed as fuck, anxious, so yeah. anxious I wanted to crawl out out of my skin. But I knew the whole time. I still felt all of those things, even though I knew this in my head. I knew the whole Rational. time. That it was taking me down for a reason. I was being, there's always a reason. Everything yeah. good or bad that happens to me or that I experience in life or whatever, um, there's always a reason, especially the uncontrollable things. Like there's stuff that happens to you or stuff that you do that's based on your choices. Like you make a series mm-hmm. of choices that leads you mm-hmm. to something. Consequences, yeah. Right. But then there's like the uncontrollable things that just happen to you. And then you get to take those experiences and make them what they are. They're either going to serve a purpose or they're not. And (laughs) and so I knew even while I was going through it, I knew that I would eventually get to this place of being able to take that experience and transform it into something that would serve me. Um, Okay. But first, I needed to feel my fucking feelings. 
And that's literally yeah. all that post was. And then you brought it up and then I ranted about it here. And I literally now feel like all that energy and like anxiety that was just like, oh, at the beginning of this episode is mm-hmm. gone. And, see and I'm that, already I need having to understand that mechanism. It, uh, I don't know if that's a gendered thing, but yeah, they, they say, you know, talking about it's not, it a, it's a well researched thing for everyone. <laughs> And I every kind of, human being right now, I'm not has it. to be seen and witnessed <laughs> because it's been beaten out of you your whole life. I have to I have to come to terms with it myself before there's any point in trying to talk about it to anybody else. I've got a I've got an extra layer in there somewhere. That's that's that says, fear. This does not make sense to me. And and like this, I mean, yeah, and there is a certain amount of, okay, I can't talk about it with everybody. I can't talk about it at work. I need a trusted source, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so there is that element of it. So It's yeah. being vulnerable. It's fear. And when you when it doesn't make sense to you, you go, well, I'm, this is crazy. It's too fucking crazy. I can't let anyone else know that I'm feeling this because then they're going to think I'm crazy. No, there's not that. Or they're not going to understand. There's not that fear. It's just, yeah, they can't help. They can't, they can't, I can't describe it until I can describe it to myself. You know, lizard brain is lizard brain. There's no describing anything to a lizard brain. It's just a massive feeling. The, The upper brain, I need to understand what the lizard brain is doing. Before I can, before there's any point in really saying too much. Now, you, I've, you know, I have a group of guys. You can go talk to people, being vulnerable, and say, "Man, this is, you know, this is. You know, here's what's going on. Help me figure out what's going on." But not everybody's mm-hmm. qualified to do that, you know. Or I mean, it's not so much me being afraid to share it to somebody. It's like, like we were talking about before. Yeah, I've shared with this person before, and they are no help. <laughs> well, so you then know. they just become a person that you don't share that stuff with. Like exactly. there's stuff I share with you my husband choose. that I w- don't share with you. There's that stuff choose. that I share with Kristen that I don't share with other friends. Any, and it's other not people. Yeah. You know, and so like, that's all it is. It's, it's, and maybe guys don't have as many people, you know, or something. So well, and that's also well researched that, that men you know. don't yeah. have the social network that women do another guy to talk about this stuff with. That's part of why I enjoy talking with you because we're, you know, we're special. And so there's value best interests when you need to just be like, there's nothing wrong with the urge to sit with something and figure it out yourself. Mm -hmm. But there is more often than not, that is a trauma response to a certain point, some, like we want to figure shit out on, in our own heads and figure out oh, what I'm feeling or whatever. And there's often times where like I will, I will not hmm. bring something to Lewis until I have figured out yeah. what it is what I actually I? need to talk about. But yeah. there are also multiple times, many times where he or I will be like, okay, this is happening and this is happening and I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I'm, ta- I'm just going to talk it out right now because I haven't even yeah. thought about it yet. And there's value, there's so much value in that because when you, and and it may not go right the first time you do that with a friend who you've never done it with before, but like, just tell them what you need. Yeah. Be like, okay, I don't want you to say anything. I just need to talk something out loud with you that I, I, 
haven't fi- quite figured out yet. And then if they're like, okay, yeah, sure, go ahead, then just start talking it out. And literally, like, like this is why talk therapy works for a lot of people is you just need to work it out and have a sounding mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. And they don't even really say much. You're figuring it out as you're saying it. But yeah. there's there's a difference between thinking something in your head and saying it out loud and hearing it go back in your ears. Yep. Multiple that, learning paths of learning. And that's and that's good. There's there's times where we need to just like be alone and go into the cave and you know, think about go. something. But more often than not, what anyone needs in any highly emotional situation is connection. Connection and to be seen and witnessed mm-hmm. in what you're feeling. And mm-hmm. to be accepted and loved no matter how you're feeling. And for someone else to, especially if it's a negative emotion, for someone to be able to see you in your worst moments, mm-hmm. to see you completely raw, completely vulnerable, completely like Unable real. Unable to figure something out, for, you know, all by yourself. Imperfect flawed whatever you want to call it and for Mm -hmm. them to be like i'm here we're gonna figure this out i love you to not take advantage of it there is nothing in this world more powerful than that that's where connection comes from that's what connection is but people are so Either on one side, they are so terrified of that vulnerability because they've mm-hmm. been fucked over so many times. Yeah, you gotta take and a we risk are so incapable person. of responding to the reality of the human experience when it's negative because yeah. we're not taught these things. Yeah, we're not taught not to accept to hear it. the full spectrum of human experience. Yeah. That there is a disconnect here. That is, if I'm vulnerable, I'm getting attacked. Yeah. Or well, taken advantage expect, of or whatever. I, I expect to be attacked or taken right. advantage of or whatever. And so you have to, so that's the, some pe- and there are going to be people who don't have anybody around them they can do that with. There are no safe right. people. There are right. no, there's no, and so then how many okay. years and from what age do you have to spend with that where they go? You know, I'm an adult, and screw that. I ain't, I ain't sharing nothing with nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, this is working out. This is, I haven't even, like, read these at all, but we're literally, like, we're slowly working through all of my thoughts. Yeah. Um, you're setting me up. You're setting it's, me up. You're, you're my alley-oop. Um, alley-oop. But I, two things just popped up for me. One being that I searched this earth until I found my husband because he was like, besides my very close girlfriends who have helped me through numerous ugly, Mm -hmm. ugly fucking moments. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not attracted to any of them (laughs) found a man who could, who could (laughs) witness me weak and tired and broken and vulnerable and raw and pissed and and all of those things and do nothing but love me through it. You should marry this guy. 
that I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I think I'm going to marry you. That's what it is. And And he also, he taught me. He taught me how to do it, too. I was getting there, and I was Mm -hmm. pretty good at it with my friends, but I was not Mm -hmm. good at it as a whole towards partners because I was always, I've always had Mm -hmm. a wall and armor and because I'd been screwed over so many times. Because you had a history and yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, his ability to like, just see me, the true me, the good hearted, good intentioned, strong, powerful, like best self me. Mm-hmm. And then to see me in a moment of not being those things and still mm-hmm. love me just as hard mm-hmm. through that taught me to be capable of giving that to him. Yeah. Like Com- even you more complimented each other. You both, you both had issues, right? Everybody has issues, but you found a match. Yeah. Where you could learn from each other. And the second thing is, so Kids, wait till you find somebody who does that before you get married. Okay. Amen. And wait till you're capable of doing it too. Then get That's married. Right. Okay. That's right. So that was my that was my PSA. The second thing that you made me think of is that you said uh, that there are a lot of people who don't even have one person, a friend, yeah. a sibling, a family member, a partner. You don't recognize how privileged we are that, you know, to have a peaceful yeah, that they can talk to, to that they can truly be vulnerable and raw and weak, weak, figure it out. vulnerable with. And I know, I know that I know that there are so many people I've met them. I know them. I, that are, that are absolutely alone, alone in this world, in whether they head. have left a toxic family environment or left a toxic partner or no. never found a group of friends who are truly like there for them, no matter what. Um, there are so many people in this world who are alone and haven't found their people yet. And that leads us into to one of today's pivoting announcements, which is that I've scrapped the whole group coaching program for now, for now, okay. we're going to yeah. do it again. We're going to do Keep it the again. Notes. Don't burn anything. <laughs> but instead of trying to cut down and resell and redo all of the shit and get it all done in a sloppy way before my honeymoon, hmm. we're going a different route. And because my biggest value in starting my company in the first place being a parent coach, naming it relational parenting, my biggest value is connection in Mm -hmm. my personal life and in my business. It is connection. Connection is what makes life worth living. Mm -hmm. And so what parents Mm -hmm. are suffering with the most from all of the ones that I have talked to, which is a lot, I would borderline say hundreds if we're counting all 20 years thousands but if we're just Mm -hmm. counting recently hundreds (laughs) Mm -hmm. um is that there no one has a village it takes a village that will never not be true to raise children and there are so many people just doing it alone either single parenting or 
partnered um, or single parenting with a partner, depending on your relationship. Or in a a marriage and not meshed and sort of kind of doing it their own ways. That's what I'm, that's what I mean by single, single parenting in a partner. Yeah. Um, There are lucky, there are lucky percentage of people who are parenting with either a good co-parent or a wonderful partner um, Mm -hmm. who they are, they've done some work and they are, you know, sharing the responsibility, et cetera. And even that is not enough. Families are isolated and alone and they're maybe have a girlfriend like there, but there are families, there are people who don't have anyone else to rely on, who don't have anyone they can Mm -hmm. truly call and be like, I feel like shit today. Can you come watch my kid or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. the request might be? Like we aren't, we aren't connected. We don't have communities hmm. anymore. Mm-mm. And so when I was laid up for two weeks in between the brain fog, like literally inability to think, it was either I couldn't think straight and just kept yeah. passing out or mm-hmm. I was in such high anxiety that I wanted to die. Mm-hmm. There were a few moments in between where all I could think about was having a monthly membership community because even though it's online, if it gets big enough, there could be Hmm. a Denver community, a, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, city in Illinois where parents can find themselves in the directory and reach out and meet in person and have Physical. mommy coffee dates and like be support okay. or body coffee dates or, or this is like a social network. So creating, Not just virtual. yeah. Creating a, mm-hmm. an online membership community. That's not just like Instagram or Facebook or whatever, where it's like random social media bullshit, but a concentrated yeah. online community of parents uh, where I'm obviously hosting, you know, workshops, live Q and A's, um, master classes, et cetera, um, every single month. So three to four live sessions that are also recorded so that if you can't make it live, you can watch, um, mm-hmm. on your own time. So time, so time and, and support are the two biggest things that parents are, not getting. And I would argue that time, not having any time is because of a lack of support. Mm -hmm. Um, and so creating a space that is affordable, accessible in your own time and, um, fits into the insane schedule of, a parent, whether you have one kid, whether you have seven kids, whether you have, um, a newborn or whatever it might be, it will fit into anyone's schedule and you can watch or listen on demand. Um, and you can, it's, there's a, there's, you know, you can ask questions, you can reach out to other parents, um, you can find each other locally, you can, um, and then you have access to all of these, uh, workshops and classes, and then also direct access to me, obviously, to ask questions, um, 
you know, give me topic ideas. What do you want to learn about? All of those things. Um, so instead of doing these big a community, yeah, these, you know. yeah. So so I'm pivoting. So that's that's the pivot right now, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. starting the online this online membership um, where not only do you have access to education, but you have access to me and you have access to other parents um, and community and you can you like being like I said earlier, being seen in your raw vulnerability and being loved and accepted through it is the most powerful experience on earth. It's the most liberating experience on earth. Yeah. It is the most filling experience on earth. And to feel that safe is a gift. And, but I want it to be normalized. I want it to be expected. I want it to be the norm for people to respond to people's pain in that way. And to like, to truly love somebody is to mm-hmm. see them at their deepest, darkest, ugliest, hmm. and still know, like, and still love them, and still know them, and and and. Yeah. It's okay to be ugly. It's okay to right. have bad, be angry. It's okay to. And be so, as hurt. a parent, parenting brings out. Like, if you weren't aware of your shit before you became a parent, <laughs> you are definitely aware of it now. That's a bumper sticker. I'm aware of my shit. I have <laughs> Some kids. Of us, anyway, yeah. Like if you if you haven't <laughs> looked in a mirror your whole life until you have children, and your like your children are going to be your mirror. Yeah. Um, they are going to trigger and poke every button that you have oh. until you heal it. That's and, their job. They're doing yep. their job when they're getting on your nerves. Yeah, and. that that triggering and that bringing out the they're going to bring out the worst in you and you're going to feel guilt and anxiety and wor- like people yeah. worry about their kids they worry about what they're doing to fuck up their kids they constantly worry am I doing it right is it it like am I just fucking my kid up am I whatever and to be able to come to a community and share that story or sh- or ask mm-hmm. that question or be like mm-hmm. oh my god I fucking yelled at my kid today i did do something yeah i can't i know i did something i shouldn't have done to my kid and i just i just need to hear that someone else has lost their shit on their kid today um and what did you do to repair it like like or or whatever like whatever but that's like episode one for us isn't it one two we're we're we got talking about that that's that's real that came up early anger in our episode five Inappropriate. That's the episode I've gotten the most response to. Really? The most thank yous for is for doing mom rage. There you go. Because it is real. Yeah, it's and it's common. And it's common and it so that doesn't that doesn't we're also then not justifying doesn't make it desirable or (laughs) trauma inducing experience or abuse, et cetera. But we are going to normalize the fact that you as a parent are also going to have very big fucking feelings. Yeah. And here's how we move forward. Here's how we repair. Here's how we stay in connection and do better the next time. 
Yep. Get so that, that we don't have long-term going. effects. <laughs> Here's the lizard brain feeling that caused me to explode or whatever last time. And now we're not going to do that. No, okay. If you do it 12 times and eventually you catch one. Hey, I'm getting better at this. Yeah. So that's one of my yeah. pivots. And we're going to, we're going to, cool. it's going to be $22 a month. I was just going to say, so how do you, how it's do gonna you be do this? It's going to be wicked affordable. a month. Okay. It's going to be $22 a month. It's going to be a free month if you refer a friend for you and them. And it's going to be a discounted if you sign up for a year. Um, it reduces the cost to yeah. 20 bucks to 20 the bucks a month. annual cost. Um, okay. And that is going to be a founder's pricing. That price will go up. I have no idea when, but for now, it's a founder's pricing. You're a founding member. You get in for $22 a month. Okay. You lock in that price for at least a year. For founders pricing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so providing connection, <laughs> providing a village. It's not just like I'm not just here to like sell bullshit. Like I'm creating a company with a purpose. And yeah. so I I'm I'm yeah, I'm gonna start a membership community. And like if anyone yeah, and the podcasts are gonna be smaller. It's not like two ninety nine a month, like uh, like a, like a phone app that's two ninety nine because you're not going to get any personal attention for that. You know, it's not like an app. It's like for twenty bucks a month, you're going to get what the, the, an opportunity to talk amongst other parents. You got It's kind of like it sounds to me like kind of a social network with some expectations of how no. to be. You know, you can't be justified so I, or is this just maybe you, I went one through on it. one with you maybe I went through it too fast but I so I, I might have not missed missed some of it but yeah yeah How's uh, it there's gonna be monthly there's gonna be three to four live events every month okay. where you can attend via zoom okay. um, so three to four live events that'll include workshops master classes um, live Q and A's with me and, and yeah, so I'm where I'm teaching, where we're going over a topic, uh, there's group coaching, um, okay. there's, this, um, you can schedule one-on-one -on -one coaching with me at a discounted rate. If you're inside the membership, you can, um, you get a lower rate on one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, so, and then there's, and then there's the ability to communicate with members. So there's like an ongoing chat. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was imagining or catching. Where out people of can reach saying. out to each other, or they can post a message or a story, and people can respond to it or give encouragement. I can go in and give real time advice um, or tools to use, um, and then all of those any workshop any any workshop coach like coaching conversation all of it will be recorded and uploaded into a library to access so you can always go back to oh. and re-listen to a conversation yeah, you, can you can go back and and retake a workshop and be like i need a refresher or maybe you couldn't attend the workshop live you can watch the recording and this library will build every month and it'll it'll all be there forever so you will have yeah. access as long as you are a member you will have access to everything that's ever created in the membership cool 
Um, And then you would get discounts on bigger programs and one-on-one coaching as well. So so are you going to moderate this somehow? Is there, because you'll have, just like social media, when people post like anonymous comments, it's almost, I mean, the idea of community is almost like it's not 100% anonymous, It's but you know who's in the group. It's not like... How do you, when, yeah, I wouldn't, when it Sally wouldn't be anonymous. comes in and starts the ragging is, on somebody, oh yeah, well that would be regulated. Go, hey, 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 knock that off! And if and that's when yeah, they don't, and that's not what our community go. is about. The point of this is to create a village. Like, here's your village. Yeah, yeah. Um, it takes a village, and eventually would hope for it to get big enough where there are multiple people in in one city or one location where they can right. find each other. And like help each other out or have a fucking potluck or you meet up for coffee or whatever. Um, Because there I see so many people on like Facebook mom groups and stuff that are like, we just moved here. We're looking for friends. But like you don't know what you're getting when you reach Mm -hmm. out in those groups. You're you're reaching out to thousands of random people and like inviting. Yeah. And like you don't like you're going to how many dates Cause it's literally like, it's like dating with no one vetting members of these mom groups. And it's like, you don't know who you're going to meet up with. Like you've no idea, Yeah, you know? And so inside of, inside of this membership, like there will, there, it will be a like-minded group of people who are aimed at yeah. improving their life, like improving their lives, improving their parenting skills, um, raising kids without trauma and, and being supportive and loving and connected to other parents in the group. Like you aren't just going to get to come in and, and, and there's not going to be anyone posting negative comments or bitching like feedback to me, please. Not very send often. me yeah, feedback. Let me know. <laughs> send me feedback. Uh, give me your suggestions. Like all of those. Like ask me to do different topics. Like discussion, yes. But when a parent posts a vulnerable story and is looking for support, there will be no tolerance of shaming, guilting, etc. Like we're not going to allow things in the group that we that are directly against the parenting values we're aiming exactly. for. Exactly. We're not going to treat which people is, like that. Which is the safety kind of thing. It's kind of a kind of a positive yeah. bubble of the kind of, uh, you know, where everybody can model the the kind of skills, you know, that, that we're looking for. A supportive for bubble. I don't want to call parenting. it a positive yeah. bubble because not the, everything is going to be positive. There you go. Okay. A supportive bubble and a, a village. A, uh, a supportive a, a, village. A, a, supportive bubble i like that it's but it's a the bubble idea is it's kind of protected it's kind of safe it's not just like posting it like we started out with it's not just throwing it out on facebook and getting random stuff back this is a group of people who are all kind of wanting to grow and learn and support each other and mm-hmm. have and there's some accountability you know they kind of have to do that or they won't be there long it's like you know because people will join and they have bad stuff and people are going to get triggered you know any kind of genuine authentic conversation going on and so there's there there will be means to to keep that under control too so 
Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds uh, that sounds like a perfect application of the internet to a a a degradation of society where we don't have communities like we used to. Cool. Um. So. Yeah, so that's the pivot right now, and um, anyone who is still with us almost two hours in uh, you have to edit this down to would a length. love to, what my dog is chasing his tail right now good good for um, him that's what he's supposed to do I'm looking for ideas for what to name the membership community so mm. relational parenting is what I call my method and Jenny B is my company name, J-E-N-N-I-E-B-E-E, -E -E, Jenny B. Um, and our logo is a bumblebee with a tiara with her hands on her hips. So she's a queen bee. Oh, is this a different um, one than you've got behind your head there? Queen bee with the hands on the hips. Is that what's behind you? She's right there. Yeah, she's tiny. that's what I thought. There yeah. you go. So that's our, so that's, those are my branding, whatever. Anyone, if anyone has any ideas, uh, please submit those to me. Uh, my email and all of my Facebooks, et cetera, all of my social medias are in the show notes. You can click on any of those and send me a message. Would love to hear from you. Um, so that's the membership community. I'm going to be getting that up and going in the next week or two. Um, also shoot me a message if you're interested in that and we'll get you a little, a little informational, call, uh, phone call. Um, the other, is this, is this boys and girls? Is this dads, single dads? Well, yeah, I would hope I so. Can... It's parents and really it's more effective yeah. if both parents, if there's more than one, if you're not a single parent, yeah. if you have, whether you're co-parenting or you're partnered, like that would be great. If they're step parents, mm -hmm. like, and it'll it's one, it, it's one, like membership access per family. So if mom and dad, or mom and mom, or dad and dad, or whatever combination of humans is joining from the same family, <laughs> yeah. uh, we respect all expressions of self in my community. Yeah, that will be another yeah. stipulation of safety. Got to be supportive. We yeah. express all uh, uh, support all expressions of self. Other, that do not cause harm. So, there you um, go. As long as you are not verbally violent or whatever towards anyone yeah. else, then Evil. you're good. Um, <laughs> be nice and uh, loving, and you can join my community. So, what was I saying? Oh, any, whatever combination of parenting that occurs in your household, that membership covers your household. So it's not like, like each parent has to have their own membership. It's one, one membership for the household. Sure. Um, and yeah, I would ideally love to, when I was creating the group coaching program, I was very, I would, would it would, uh, you know, it would be much more effective if both, parents were in attendance and yep. learning and hearing the same things. It's very yep. hard. Um, and I do find it's most often the women 
um, in heterosexual yeah. marriages that are the ones seeking, reading the books, applying the things, and then trying to convince husband. Um, but if husband would read the books and do the things himself, he would be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Um, but the, the, work, the, mental, the mental workload of moms is definitely statistically higher mm -hmm. in most households primary caregiving and all that kind of stuff um so getting both parents on board and listening to the workshops and attending the q a's and you know all of that would be a major benefit to your relationship as well as to your children <laughs> that's right that's as, as yeah talking together and being on the same page that's there that's of inestimable value and i think it pays people who are well, less, but people who are thinking about kids, thinking uh, people who have just had a kid, mm -hmm. part of Lamaze, you know, you might as well get started as soon as you know you're going to be a parent. Eh, never too soon to learn, you know. Oh, yeah. Pre-parents are welcome. Um, Pre-parents are welcome. I also, one of my pa my passions like i said is connection one of my deepest is my deepest value and that includes parental relationships mm -hmm. so there is definitely a an element of um making sure you are you have a healthy parental relationship whether it's a romantically involved um partnership or you are separated but co-parenting um whatever yeah. that relationship might look like yeah. Um, there is relational work to be done there that I would love to support as well yeah. so that you are giving your kids a good example, a healthy example, um, of a working adult relationship because they're yeah. going to mirror those, the way that you treat each other, they're going to mirror that too. whatever you, yeah. however you treat your children directly and however they watch you treat one another are the two biggest determining factors in your child's emotional and mental development yeah. and yeah, how they're to, going to do it when they're grown. Back to so, teaching in schools, parents are the major influence. Okay. Announcement. Number I don't know, three. Um, is that we did start a Patreon. I, I don't know why I say we, I started a Patreon for the podcast. Um, because as much as I would love to just say, let's do a free podcast, which I am, it's free, but um, there are lots of costs that go into producing a podcast. And um, so, yeah, uh, we would love it if, you would anyone who's listening um if you would like to support us and keep us going um uh, we would love to at least offset the cost of the podcast and so i will be starting i haven't decided yet if it's gonna be two or three brackets of giving i think i want to do like a five five dollar mm -hmm. seven dollar and eleven dollar um the five dollar the $5 a month contribution to Patreon would be you get a shout out on each episode. The $7, we would add something to that. And then the $11, we would add 
something else to it. I don't know. So um, I'm looking for ideas, but a blooper's real or something. I don't know yet. I don't know. To work in progress. um, That's okay. But yeah, if you would like to contribute to this podcast being able to continue or you just like us and want to support us um, and want to give a little $5 little $5 contribution every month. You can sign up to do that also in the show notes. Um, Click on the Patreon link and sign up for that. We would love you forever. Um, Cool. Yeah. And then I just want to remind everybody that I do do a newsletter. So any parents, parents, pre-parents, people who want to be parents someday uh, that want to sign up for the newsletter, you get a parenting tip every week on Sundays. And I'm just now having an epiphany that I should change that newsletter time because I never write it on Sundays. Um, and then Sunday comes around and I feel stressed out. So I'm going to change that, but I don't know what I'm going to change it to yet. But anyway, sign up for uh, news the newsletter. You get it once a week. It's got a useful actionable parenting tip or parenting support message in there sign up for that something practical um oh and you'll also that's another way to get uh discounts on you know new programs or whatever you'll get um there will be offers to sign up for things first and get discounts lower pricing early bird all of that um that you won't get anywhere else um unless you're in the membership so, membership, newsletter, earn discounts, contribute to our Patreon to help us keep going. We've mentioned a couple of times that we would love to have questions from parents specifically in order to, like, do podcast episodes um based on those questions or at least answer like yeah. we could answer several questions inside of one podcast episode. Yeah. Um, and so from here on out, the podcast is going to be every other week. We're going to have a guest and I've got guests planned, <clears throat> excuse me, planned out through almost the end of the year. I actually only have two slots left wow. um, for guests. So that's awesome. So there's lots of parenting experts coming your way. So Please contribute to our Patreon so we can afford it. Education, (laughs) educators, and Um, yeah. We've got medical, we've got doctors, we have counselors, we have just other parents, just normal parents, but who are also in the like conscious parenting community. um, Hmm. And they've started their own businesses doing things. um, Like next week, we have Megan who, started her own clothing line, uh, kids clothing line and mindful, Mm. uh, mindful kids book that I've pre-ordered and that I'm really sad won't be here until after that we do that until after we record that podcast. Um, but she, yeah, she's amazing. She's fantastic. She's like doing all of the things. Um, her biggest message is, um, words have power. Um, and so yes. her aim, her focus is like the words that we use raise our children. Um, yeah. And so that's going to be a really cool conversation next week. But then every other Very week, much. it'll just be you and me, dad, and we'll be doing 
um, either topics about on relational parenting or we'll be taking parents who write in. Um, you can email me, you can DM me on social media, um, and I will gather those questions and topics and or stories. Um, and depending on how many great. we get, we could do we could do a bunch inside of one episode, or we could make one story a whole episode. The world is our oyster, but we want to hear from yeah. you guys. We want to know what parents want to hear about. What the interest is, yeah, or what yeah. the current current. You know, things change, too. And so as, as stuff becomes mm-hmm. topical, you know, get a hit of that. Cool. Well, because I, I could come up with topics all day to just be like, I mean, I, I've been doing it. I've been raising kids for 20 years. Like, I could I could come up with stuff all day to feed you guys. But I want to know what what do you actually want to know? What are you actually dealing with? in your home? Like, what are you, what are you actually working on with your kids? What are you struggling with, with your own kids? What are you like, whether it's your struggle or their struggle, like, like send, like send us your questions. We'll answer them. If you want to remain anonymous, just put a little note in there. That's like, please don't say my name or whatever. Um, (laughs) and we won't like, we can keep you completely anonymous. Uh, yeah, but I want to hear from you guys. I want to know, I want to know and I guarantee you whatever you're struggling with, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of other parents struggling with that too. And so um, submit your questions, submit your stories and um, we will answer them on air. So there's probably nothing that you couldn't build a community out of. We are uh, recording got cut off there at the end, um, but we covered so much material in this episode and we just, I just could not cut it down any lower. So if you have made it this far to the end of the episode, congratulations and thank you. Uh, We, I just, this was such a heartfelt conversation and it was all just straight off the cuff and um it was so raw and i think i cried at least twice in this episode so um thank you for sticking with us thank you for listening to all the new updates with the programs that i'm offering and with the direction that the podcast is headed and yeah make sure you send in your questions your funny parenting stories or your difficult parenting stories um and we will start doing episodes where we share those um where we answer your questions live uh as a parent coach i will answer those questions for you get you some advice to use at home and yeah if you are interested in any of the things that we talked about today check out the show notes give us a like a subscribe reach out to me directly and we will get you set up have a great week everybody If someone came to mind while you were listening to this episode or you are wishing you had a friend to digest it with, I would be so honored if you shared this link from this episode with them. I myself have always benefited from community and sharing, and I truly believe that it takes a village to raise a child. Our society has become so independent from one another and parenting these days is often a lonely journey. 
but it doesn't have to be that way. That's why I'm here. If you have been seeking a more intentional approach to parenting, but you aren't sure where to start, I would love to hear from you. You can find me and all of my offerings at www.jennyb.co and come follow me on all major social media platforms. It fills my heart to hear your stories, where you come from, and your big goals for raising the next generation. And don't forget, comment your parenting question on our YouTube channel, The Relational Parenting Podcast, to get it answered on one of our future episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss out. I am so grateful that you are here. And always remember, you are never alone. I'll see you next week. This show is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. We will discuss things like mental health, abuse, PTSD, and other potentially triggering subjects. Please listen at your own discretion, and this podcast is not intended for anyone under the age of 18.